Amen. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Steve. I want to say another quick thank you on behalf of Jesse and the staff to everyone who served at Vacation Bible School this week. It was a great week. Uh, the kids had a wonderful time. They got a glimpse of the love of Jesus. Uh, weeks like this past week are often the start of a young person's relationship with Jesus. Uh, at, at bare minimum, it's a very positive experience with people who call themselves followers of Jesus in the church. And positive is really, really good because we seem to be living in an age of offense where people are so quick to judge and condemn others based on what they think they know. Uh, it doesn't take much for people to write Jesus off these days. So thank you, church, for showing the kids and families in this community, Jesus. You, church, continue to be my heroes, so thank you. To be fair, uh, I think that spirit of offense and writing people off, though, even exists in the church today. Sometimes it seems like church folks can be more judgmental than non-church folks. It could be over politics or whether or not somebody got the vaccine or whether somebody's social media post rubs someone the wrong way. Delete, unfriend, unfollow, feelings of angst inside where, you know, you duck and dodge when you see somebody, somebody at the store. I want to turn a spotlight on that spirit of offense and casting people aside this morning because it's so prevalent and I think the word of God calls us to something different. Here's the verse I kind of want to hone in on this morning. It's Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. How are we doing with that as a culture? How are we doing with that as a church? How are you doing? How am I doing? It is a great question for reflection. Honoring others above ourselves is so overlooked in our culture today, but it matters to God, so I would argue that it should matter to us. As we begin, would you pray with me again? Father, we ask that your living word would speak to our hearts this day, right now. Change our hearts, God. Transform us by your grace and empower us by your spirit to honor others above ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to head to Mark chapter 6 this morning. But before we look at that, I want to tell you what Jesus did in Mark chapter 5. Jesus was beside a lake, and a, and a man named Jairus, one of the synagogue leaders, came up to him and begged him, begged him to go to his house and heal his daughter who was deathly ill. Jesus agreed and headed towards Jairus' house, and he was followed by a huge crowd. A along the way, a woman who had an issue with blood for 12 years sneaks through the crowd and touches, remember, the hem of Jesus' garment and is healed immediately. Jesus commends her faith, and while he's still speaking to this woman, 
Somebody comes up from Jairus' household and tells him, don't, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. Imagine the weight of that father in that moment. He was so close to getting healing for his daughter. Jesus was on the way to his house. Jesus speaks hope into Jairus and says, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Just believe. They arrive at Jairus' house and everyone is weeping. Jesus proclaims that she isn't dead. She's just sleeping. And everyone laughs because everyone knows she's dead. Jesus puts everyone out of the house except the disciples and the girl's parents. He grabs her by the hand and says, little girl, I say to you, get up. Mark 5, 42. Immediately, the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. You think? And then we come to Mark chapter 6. Jesus leaves that place in Mark chapter 5 and goes to his hometown of Nazareth. No one seeks him out. No one brings their sick for Jesus to touch them and heal them. No one touches the hem of his garment in faith. No one honors him or the work of God that he has been doing. In fact, they do the exact opposite. Let's read the first six verses of Mark chapter 6. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed, but it's not the kind of amazement you and I think amazed. They're not excited. Where, they said, where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that's been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few people who were ill and heal them. And he was amazed, again, not excited, at their lack of faith. These folks in Jesus' hometown did not honor him. In other words, they didn't treat him as special. They didn't think he was significant. He was just the carpenter. Heaven forbid, he's not the Messiah. They treated him as familiar, common, ordinary. They said, who does this guy think he is? We know his brothers and sisters and his mother. It's just Jesus. The crazy thing is they're, they're aware 
that he's been doing miracles. They're aware of his insight into the scriptures, but they still treat Jesus like a common carpenter. You might find that impossible to believe. But that dynamic, that lack of honoring happens in relationships over and over and over again. A young couple falls in love and they cherish and they honor everything about one another. They're my soulmate. God brought this person into my life. We were meant to be together. They're enamored with each other's hair, their eyes, the cute sheepish smile, and the way that their partner blushes when they hold hands in public. They're interested in topics that they care nothing about if their significant other is interested in those topics. They will try new things and go new places. They see the beauty in each other's character, personality, and figure. But then time passes. Maybe they're married, maybe they're not. Things change. Little things start to rub you the wrong way. You find yourself finding fault, complaining. You begin to run the other person down and dishonor them in public. The relationship becomes very unsatisfying for everyone involved. It's awkward for people around you. When someone brings up your negativity and lack of honor, you get defensive. Here's a piece of priceless wisdom. You can call out and bring out the qualities you desire by honoring someone. But the lack of honor and being critical will only make things worse. Taking offense and being critical won't ever improve the relationship, ever. So why do we do it? You see, there's a lie that we believe that someone is only due honor if they act honorably. Some people withhold honor, thinking that they will show it when that person is worthy of it. Can anyone say, downward spiral? Respect is earned, I'll give you that. But honor is a position of the heart that follows through with actions and words. Often, and I know it's counterintuitive, when you treat someone with honor, as special, as important, when you're simply kind, it builds them up, and they will become more honorable. But if you see the worst, tear them down, tell them what they are not, and criticize them, they will often act less honorably, giving anyone the idea that they are unable to please you is defeating, and they will stop trying. Showing honor builds us up. Why dishonor tears people down. So I want to look at some things in Scripture that God tells us we are to honor. So number one, if you're taking notes, we are told to honor God. Big surprise, right? Uh, we're told to honor God with our wealth, Proverbs 3.9. So we give God what is first and best, and we watch him bless the rest. We are told to honor God with our bodies, 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20. So are, there are things that we do and don't do with our temple. It is not about the do's and don'ts. It's about trusting 
the creator and the designer and his plan for us. We honor him by believing what he says is best is actually best because you know what? Everyone else is just taking a guess. And second, we are called to honor our parents. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. It's important, I believe, to teach kids honor in the home. It's important to teach them to respect those in authority over them. Because one day they will need to honor teachers and coworkers and bosses. Life will just go better for them if we teach them to honor while they are young. So scripture says honor God. It says honor our parents. And third, we're touching on it. Scripture says to honor those in authority. Now, we don't have the same governmental system that we had in biblical times, so we could ignore this command. No. (laughs) I am not being serious. Uh, We are called to honor those in authority over us. Let's look at Romans 13. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. In my life, I have liked some leaders more than others. I have agreed with the policies of some leaders more than others. Uh, I joke around with those who share my political views, but we are to pray for and honor our leaders. We don't have to agree with everything that the leader says or their policies, but we can disagree without being dishonorable. We have the right to free speech and peaceful assembly, but we should honor and pray for our leaders. And then finally, Scripture teaches us, and this isn't the final thing Scripture teaches us, it's the final thing I'm going to talk about because we'll be here forever if I list them all. Scripture teaches us to honor our pastors and spiritual leaders. So the staff, those serving our kids, they deserve honor. The people who serve at Grow, the people serving in the Mission Cafe, the ushers and the greeters at the door, the the ladies who volunteer in the office through the week, the praise team and the tech team, they deserve honor for making the Lord a priority and serving us as the church. Why does honor matter so much? Besides the fact that it just matters to God. It it matters to God and God blesses those who show honor. But it also matters because honoring people and taking offense and casting others aside actually hurts us. Look at Mark 6, 5 again with me. He could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few people who were ill and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. You see what it says? It doesn't say Jesus would not do any miracles there. 
It says he could not. He did miracles in chapter 5. Why? Because they honored him. Somehow, the lack of honor shown to Jesus limited his ability to heal. Do I understand that? Not on your life. But that's what it says. So ponder this question with me. What miracles aren't happening because people or we lack honor, take offense, and cast people aside? Go back to Romans 12.10. Honor others above yourselves. I don't want my lack of honor to bite me in the butt spiritually. Do you? We need to honor one another. We need to do... What, what if we outdid one another in showing honor? What if we out-encouraged, out-gave, out-cherished people instead of taking offense? This, this week, as I was looking to prepare this message, uh, a name was floating around in my mind that uh, we, we, as a church, need to honor and you might not know that person. It's a previous pastor. And uh, he called me this week and said, hey, I'm thinking of coming to church on Sunday. And he's here today, right now, in the back. Kevin Haley, will you want to stand up with your wife Amy there and say hello? This man was a pastor here years ago. And he and his wife oversaw the building that is now the cafe and, and the adult space. And without their leadership and without their leadership of the body listening to God, we wouldn't be here today. So would, would you do me the honor of honoring him and his wife? I want to declare a spirit of honor in this place. A spirit of, on this church that we would be known as a church that builds people up instead of tears people down. I declare on you, church, that when we speak, there will be a voice of healing as we honor one another and those that God sends our way. You know what? If you've been around here any length of time, you don't know. I, I don't normally do this, but as we sing this next song, if we're going to take and have a spirit of honor, maybe God will show up and do a work of healing. Maybe he will move in that way in this time and in this moment. Because when honor is present, so is the spirit of God. So if you want and need a touch from God, I'm going to ask that, that you come down to these steps and just let somebody pray over you as we worship before communion. Would you rise as we sing? God, we give you thanks that we get a chance to honor you. And God, we're so thankful for the people in this church that serve so selfishly and give of their time every week so that, God, we can see Jesus clearly. So we worship you. And we pray, God, that you would move in a powerful way in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Mountains are still being moved. 
Strongholds will still be loose. God, we believe. Yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see it. Wonders are still what you do. We are here for you.
miracles happen one more time. I want us to sing miracles happen. Jesus gave himself up for us. 